Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus some praise. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He's worthy of all of the praise. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. See everybody that has made it. Thank you for coming on a Wednesday night. Man, some, some days like today, I look across and I think, man, our Wednesday night starting to fill up like our Sunday. Amen. Praise God for that. And, you know, it's my desire to see the house of the Lord filled every service. But if I had to choose, I'd choose for people to be here on Wednesday. Because this is when we dive into the Word of God and we get tools and materials needed to build a better Christian life. Amen. And so appreciate you, honor you for being here tonight and uh, looking forward to what God's going to do. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn over to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And verse number 7. The Bible declares this. Ask and it shall. Everybody say shall. It shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall. Everybody say shall. Find. Knock and it shall. Everybody say shall shall be open unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man of, is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give, how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven Give good things to them that ask. Amen. The NLT puts verse 7 this way. And I like the way this words it. Keep on asking. And you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking. And you will find. Keep on knocking. And the door will be open. Amen. I'm thankful for a promise from God like that. How about you? Amen. We're going to continue on in Holy Habits, Part 11. I want to talk to you about this, this phrase. Ask. A-S-K. Ask. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands all across this house? Amen. And we're going to pray, hallelujah, today that this word would get so deep in our bones, God. That if we will keep on asking, it will be given that which we are asking for. That if we will keep on looking, we will find that which we are looking for. And if we will keep on knocking, the very door on which we are knocking will be opened unto us. We're giving you great glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated here tonight. Man, ask. Man, ask, seek, knock. Ask. Amen. In the Sermon on the Mount, which is where we have been studying over the last several months, 
which is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, we do not have a string of random thoughts and sayings of Jesus. This is not like the book of Proverbs, which um, is basically Solomon's Twitter feed. Amen. Or he's just coming up with ideas and things that hit his brain. Amen. I can relate to Solomon. That's what happens to me all the time. I'm always writing random things down. But, uh, but Jesus has cultivated and crafted this sermon to where every piece of it fits perfectly together. We have a consistent picture of the character and demands upon kingdom citizens on this Sermon on the Mount. The command to pray with the ask model, ask, seek, knock, in verse number 7, has everything to do with fulfilling kingdom demands. Jesus is calling for a lifestyle of persistent prayer. Kingdom citizens are called to consistently persist in the character, the ambitions, the attitudes, and the behaviors that Jesus called for throughout the entire Sermon on the Mount. He is calling for us to consistently persist in these holy habits. We have not forgotten the first beatitude. I know we've been going a little while, but all you have to do is go back a couple of chapters or really go back a couple of verses and you will come upon the first beatitude, which is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And in this sermon, Jesus has not forgot that verse either. Amen. We have also not forgot last week's teaching on proper judgment. And so what do we do in this Sermon on the Mount? We take everything as it is according to the Word of God, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. It stacks one upon another, and we build upon it. It is all part of one big lesson, one big sermon. And all of this must be coupled together with the prayer and this type of prayer that Jesus is teaching us about right now. In other words, what Jesus has commanded in attitudes, in ambitions, in behaviors, and in deeds, they cannot be separated from persistent, ongoing, regular, faithful prayer. You can't have somebody who says, I'm poor in spirit, and I am attempting to have proper judgment if they have not got proper prayer in place as well. We are commanded to call upon God as we ask, as we seek, and as we knock. How are we to do this? We are to do this from our desperately poor spirit that recognizes our need for God's help and that without Him, we will surely perish and we will surely die. Hallelujah. We are to ask, we are to seek, and we are to knock with the very same passion that we seek proper judgment and we ask God for proper judgment and we ask and we knock upon the door of what God would say proper judgment is. We are taking every one of the principles that we have held upon to and learned about and we are using this passionate plea that says, God, if you don't help me figure this out, I'll never figure it out. I am impoverished and unable to purchase it for myself. I need God, and that's why I'm asking, that's why I'm seeking, and that's why I'm knocking. Amen. We're going to talk about this, this ask principle today. Amen. 
First and foremost, ask. Ask implies asking from conscious needs. This understanding that I have needs. There's some people that they have one thing that they have need of, and that's something called need. In America, the Bible even says in the book of Revelations that the Laodicean church will be rich, will say that we are rich and increased with goods and in need of nothing. Amen. That we've got everything together. And Jesus says, but I look down and spiritually speaking, you are wretched, you are blind, you are poor, and you are naked. In other words, they didn't recognize that just like everybody else, you might have rolled up in a nice car and God bless you with that car, but you got a need just like everybody else. You might live in a nice house, but you got needs just like everybody else. We might have got dressed up nice for church, but we got needs just like everybody else. Hallelujah. Amen. It is coming from this place of, of, of conscious need. I live in a place of conscious need. This word also suggests humility in asking, for it is commonly used in, in places where one is asking. They're needing something from their superior. They come from a position of recognizing, I am not the top dog in this situation. I have a need, and the only one that can supply it is the one that's above me. This word, ask, in, in the Greek means to ask for something with urgency, even to the point of demanding. When we come before God, we often think that we, we come to God as, 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 as if we are just pitiful, and, uh, and that we've just got to grovel. That is not what this verse is saying. It is using a forceful word that we ask with such urgency that our need is much greater than even our pride. That our need is much greater than our thoughts of ourselves. It comes to the point where we are almost demanding it. Amen. It's like the one that is hungry and they need food. And if they don't have food, they will die. And they are asking for the one that has food, please supply it. And it gets to the point where they are asking with such urgency and they're asking with such, uh, uh, with such need that it is almost a demand that if you don't give me this food, I will perish. This word also suggests an attitude of humility. As we talked about before, all of these are being coupled together. Humility is, uh, uh, meekness is not a weakness. Humility is not a weakness. It is strength under control. It is somebody that has got such a desperate need, but they're not coming at it with arrogance or with pride. In fact, they're doing it quite the opposite. They are coming, amen, with a plea, with an entreaty, amen. They are asking, they are calling on for an answer, which indicates that they believe that there's somebody that is listening to their ask. Amen. Let me stop right here and say this. One of the number one reasons people don't pray is because they don't actually believe that God is listening. What's the point of asking? Nothing's going to change. Amen. Nothing's going to be different. And Jesus says it this way, ask and you shall receive an answer. Amen. If you ask, amen, I want to tell you, you shall receive. There's the, Jesus is trying to give us a deeper principle than we, than we recognize. That, if, that, that the receiving goes to the one that asks. That if you don't ask, you may never receive. But the receiving always goes to those that are willing to ask. Amen. It implies that we expect him to answer. Otherwise, why would we ask? 
Amen. He is saying this word ask uh, with this forcefulness, this almost demand, because you know that there's somebody in heaven that is listening and that you expect an answer. And the Bible declares that everyone that asks uh, shall receive an answer. Hallelujah. And, and I've come to help somebody that's so afraid to ask questions. Uh, you don't want to ask God because you don't think he's listening. And there's other folks you don't want to ask God because you're afraid he might actually answer you. And you don't actually want to hear what he has to say. Uh, but I've come to preach to you tonight and teach to you tonight. You need to ask God anyways. You need to come to God with such humility that says, God, I can't figure it out. I've got questions and I need an answer. And the only one that's going to give me an answer is you. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord. Come on, there's some folks, you got questions, but you're afraid to ask them. you got questions, but you don't want to pray about it because you're afraid your questions will offend God. No question ever offended God. It's the lack of questions that offends God. It's not a prayer that offends God. It's the lack of prayer that offends God. It's not the fact that you're calling out to him as a, in a time of need. It's the fact that you don't call out to him in a time of need. If we would get this revelation tonight, it would forever change our walk with God. We are so scared to come to God. And I don't, I don't know if it's just fear. Fear does bind us sometimes. But sometimes it's pride. This word ask is often used in reference to beggars. And that's exactly what we are when we are poor in spirit. We are beggars. Amen. You know what Christianity is? It's one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread. Hey, I'm up here tonight as a pastor. But get rid of the title. I'm just another beggar like you. Hallelujah. I'm just another beggar that found bread, and I'm trying to show you where the bread is. Uh, hallelujah. I'm trying to let you know where you can find uh, the sustenance. I'm trying to show you where you can find uh, everything that satisfies. Amen. you got to come to Jesus, and you got to ask. In poor countries, we, we see this, and even in our streets, and, uh, and, and, and you, you find this even, even in our big cities, that those that are beggars are unashamed to stand on the side of the road. They're unashamed to hold out their hands. They're unashamed to ask for alms. They're unashamed to ask for money. They're unashamed to ask for food. Amen. They can sometimes be a little bold about it. Amen. Anybody that's ever been to San Francisco, L.A., or Seattle, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, Seattle's probably more aggressive than any of them. They'll come up and demand things out of you. That's the kind of ask that God is saying here. Amen. It is almost a demand. Sometimes it's so bold it can be annoying and it can be a little irritating to the passerby. Amen. In those moments, it helps uh, to remind us that we too are called to be that kind of bold in the spirit. That when we see those people, amen, we're not to look down on them, but it ought to remind us that there's some people that they've got, they've got something right. Amen. They might have everything right, but they got something right. They've let their pride go. And, and I, I know we could get into the whole uh, debate and we could talk about all of the economics behind it, but they got something right. Uh, they're not too proud to ask. Uh, but I fear that sometimes we become too afraid to ask because uh, we're afraid we'll offend God. We become too, uh, too prideful to ask uh, because because we think we're going to figure it out on our own. But if we would get it in our spirit that if we'll ask, he'll answer. That if we'll ask, he'll respond. That if we'll ask. If we would get to the place where we would ask and get so bold as to ask him and remember that we are in that same position spiritually. That we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can take nothing out. Amen. We are totally and completely dependent on God. It is pride that doesn't pray. 
pride that says, I don't need God. I want to tell us here today, everybody needs God. Everybody needs God. I need God. I can't make it one day without him. Amen. I, I can't make there, there, there. Some people say, well, I, I've made it this long without him. I can keep making it without him. You can't. You can't. You can't. It's only by the grace of God that we are standing here today. I'm only preaching to you by the grace of God. If it wasn't for his grace and his mercy, I wouldn't be here. I, I need God. And you need God. And we need God. And our neighborhood needs God. And our city needs God. If we recognize our need, amen, and we let go of the pride, we can go into the level of boldness that this scripture is calling us to. Just simply ask. Amen. Unlike beggars, though, on the streets of our cities, we are citizens in the kingdom. And if the beggar on the street can ask without shame, no pride involved, of anybody that passes by, how much more the citizens of the kingdom. This is where Jesus got onto a woman that she came and she was, she was a Syrophoenician woman. And she, she said, I, I, I want my daughter to be healed. And Jesus looked at her and said, it's not for me to give the children's meat to the dogs. What's he saying? Some people misunderstand this. uh, But what he's literally saying is, uh, you know what? This this belongs to the children of God. This belongs to the citizens. But she didn't let that insulting phrase stop her. She said, Lord, even the dogs eat of the crumbs. She was not too prideful to ask even for a crumb, even for a little bit. And sometimes we are children sitting at the table with the meal provided for us. And he said, anybody that asks will receive. Not just anybody. He said, everybody. That means you. That means your spouse. That means your kids. It doesn't matter if they're full grown or just five years old. If they will ask of the king, the king will answer. Oh, I come to let's lift up our hands. Let's pray. How much more the citizens of the kingdom? How much more the citizens of the kingdom? If we would just ask, we might see the miracles happen. If we would just ask, the healing might come. If we would just ask. Hallelujah. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray for just a moment. Mm, God, don't let me sit at this table hungry. Don't let me sit at this table hungry when I've got the spread before me and I won't even ask for a little bit. I won't even ask for a crumb. I won't even ask for a morsel. God, I, I, don't, want, I don't want somebody that's lost their pride, amen, in this world to outdo me. God, I pray, help me to be willing to ask. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't think that revivals are challenged. I think prides are challenged. I don't think revival's our challenge. I think I think asking is our challenge. I think strongly desiring is our challenge. We have become so full of everything else that we feel as if we don't need anything else from God, and that has become our biggest challenge. The next level of this, because this is progressive, he said, ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. The next step. Seek involves asking, but it adds something to it. Everybody say action. It's not just enough to ask and sit around and do nothing. Fold our arms. Amen. There's times where you can ask and simply use the words and the phrase, and God immediately shows up. 
But then there's times where he allows us to go to another level where we've asked and we have maybe been given an answer, but it wasn't the answer we wanted. And so now we've got to go to another level. And this is where we don't just ask, but it adds action to our asking. The idea is not merely to express one's need, but to get up and to go around and to look for help according to that need. It involves effort. Amen. Seek means in this Greek, it means to attempt to learn something by careful investigation. Amen. Or searching to desire to have experience, uh, to experience something or to attain something from somebody. Uh, seeking in this word is, is asking plus acting. It implies earnest petitioning coupled with active endeavoring to fulfill those needs. Uh, when you seek something, you rearrange your priorities uh, so you can search for what you desire until you find it. When you lose your keys, it doesn't matter what you got going on in the rest of the days. You, you can't go to work until you reprioritize finding those keys. And when we go from asking to seeking, we are not just, just verbalizing our need, but now we are prioritizing our need. We are moving things out of the way that says, God, this need is so valuable to me. It's so great to me that, that I, I'm willing to move my whole day around just to see this need fulfilled. I wonder how and what would happen if we got so desperate for God that we just moved our schedules out of the way sometimes. Everybody's got to pay bills. Everybody's got to go to work. We all got things to do. But what would happen if the need was so great that we were willing to move anything that took out of the way? We will reschedule things, uh, amen, for an appointment. Uh, we will reschedule things for a client. Uh, but what would happen if we, we took that need before God and said, Lord, I'm willing to rearrange. Uh, I'm willing to reprioritize. Uh, I'll move anything out of the way, anybody out of the way, any pursuit out of the way because my need is so desperately, uh, I, I desperately need this answered. I need this found uh, that I'm willing to do anything. I wonder what would change and what would transpire. We seek until we find. We don't seek until we get bored. We don't seek until we, we just got tired of seeking. Unfortunately, that's the challenge. Is that people say, well, I didn't find nothing, so that verse not, must not be true. That's why I love that verse in the NLT. It says, keep on praying. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Hallelujah. The, 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 the person that finds their keys is the one that kept on looking for them. The person that got their answer is the one that kept asking the questions. The person that got the door open to them is the one that just kept knocking. I, I, I think that some people, they're so close to their miracle, they might just be one more question away from an answer. They may just be one more look away from finding what they need. They may just be one more, amen, knuckle on the door from getting an answer from God. But the devil loves to discourage people. It hasn't happened, and they, they stop right there. You need to respond to the devil and say, it hasn't happened yet. You want to know what it is to talk faith? Add that word yet at the end of any statement you want to make negative. It hasn't happened yet. I haven't been healed yet. I haven't, my kids haven't been saved yet. My family hadn't come into church yet because I will not stop asking. I will not see, stop seeking and I will not stop knocking until 
until that yet becomes a now, until that yet becomes a reality. We cannot allow ourselves to become so discouraged that we quit. Amen. Just because we don't know what's on the other side. Uh, we don't know what's, what's happening in this current moment. Doesn't mean we should quit now. Amen. There's often throughout the Bible, I love when we read the Bible because we see it from the aerial view. We see it and we can see all the mess that they're making. We can see all the steps they're taking. But we can just turn a couple chapters and we can find that everything works out for their good. And that is in your Bible, and that is in my Bible to teach me a lesson, that it just takes a couple of chapters, a couple of verses, and all things work together for the good. So that when I'm living in the chapters of my life, uh, and it doesn't quite line up, uh, and I'm not seeing it yet, uh, that all I have to do is wait a couple more chapters. Uh, all I got to do is ask a couple more chapters, uh, seek a couple more chapters, knock a couple more chapters, uh, and then that door will be open. Seeking implies a desire for something of great value. You don't seek for things that you don't care about. And I think sometimes we don't seek because we just don't really care enough about the answer to go looking for it. We have learned to cope and to medicate our way without an answer from God for so long that now we don't even seek God for that answer. Lord, help us. To become dependent on you again. We got to be careful in America. We become dependent on everything but God. We become dependent on everything but God. Everybody but God. Every program but God. We become dependent on other people but not God. And, and, and we've got to get to the place where we just throw that off to the side and say, Lord, I got to be dependent on you again. <laughs> Amen. Because what you have and what I need is too valuable. And you're the only one that can truly supply all of my needs. Amen. The, the great illustration of this analogy is Jesus speaking. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking pearls. And upon finding a pearl of great price, great value, he sold all he had and he bought it. He'd been looking for pearls. Hallelujah. You, got, you know what? I think sometimes we don't know what we're looking for. And we get frustrated. This is just like asking questions. You know, if you are looking and seeking for an answer, if you are not getting the answer you need, you need to change the question. We would do good to ask better questions. Amen. That if we will ask better questions and different questions and maybe more questions, we would enter, we would end up with a lot more answers. And often when people they, they want to get something, they just don't know what it is. They're seeking something, they just don't know what it is. And until we can refine our search down to where we know what we're looking for. Hallelujah. This man knew he was looking for pearls. And when he looked for pearls, he found a great pearl. Listen, there's so many pursuits in life that we got to narrow it down, folks. We got to narrow it down. You know, you can, you can list all 100 things you want to do with your life. Uh, you need to cut out about 99 of them. Uh, because when you really boil it down, you got to cut out at least 95 of them. Because you're not going to have enough time, energy in life uh, to do those things. Uh, but if you can say, Lord, I'm going to narrow it down. Uh, this is what I'm seeking after. All of a sudden, you start seeing the path illuminated for you to find exactly what you're looking for. You ever met somebody that just said, well, I lost something. What would you lose? I don't know. Uh, what does it look like? I don't know. Can you help me find it? Uh, no. 
man, I find myself in that position sometimes counseling people. What do you want? What are you looking for? Well, I don't know. I just don't like what I have now. You know, if we would start really asking the question, God, what should I be looking for? These all stack upon each other. It would help us refine our search. Lord, what should I be concerned about? And we start narrowing our search down until finally it comes by and says, you know what? I want a good marriage. All right. Can you help me find a good marriage? Yes, I can. Let's talk about it. Let's get you some resources. Let's get the path illuminated. Well, I want to get out of debt. Good, great. You got it narrowed down to a place where we can help get you out of debt. Let's get you on to some good counseling uh, that'll get you out of that mess. Uh, well, I, man, there's some folks, uh, they don't even know what they want to do with their life. Uh, amen. Well, what, what, what are you passionate about? And you start narrowing the search down, and all of a sudden, God starts illuminating the path. Uh, amen. Because now you're seeking after something specific. You can't say, I want to find a pearl, but you're not looking for pearls. Uh, amen. Let me break it down like this. You can't say, well, I'm looking for a wife, and all you got to do is go. You keep going and find a bunch of girlfriends. Uh, that's not going to help you find a wife. You're going to have to You're gonna have to look for a wife. She just ain't married yet. Look for somebody that has all the qualifications you're looking for, and all of a sudden when you see them, you'll sell everything you have because you found what you're looking for. I came to preach to somebody in your walk with God. Don't be so ambiguous and say, well, I just want a good walk with God. What does a good walk with God look like? What does a good prayer life look like? What does good relationship in the church look like with your friends? What does good relationship with your wife look like? And you start getting in that book and you start finding a road map as to how you can live that life and the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And he shall delight in your way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It'll tell me where I'm going, but it'll also tell me where I am. It'll lead me. It'll guide me. I got to seek pearls if I want pearls. There's some folks, well, I want to live for God. But when we look at what they're seeking, they ain't seeking to walk with God. They're not seeking to walk with God. And if you go seeking other things and you say, I want this outcome, but you're not willing to do the input, you won't end up with the right, with the right algorithm. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for pearls. You know where he ended up? At the marketplace looking for pearls. Until he came to another merchant that had a really great pearl. You, you, you refine that search down, and everyone that seeketh shall find. That goes good and bad. You start seeking the wrong things, you'll find it. You, you'll, you go looking for a fight, you'll find one. Amen. You go looking to be carnal, you'll be carnal real quick. You go looking for Jesus and you'll find him. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about a woman that lost a coin. He said, or what woman if she lost ten, has ten coins and she loses one, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. You'll move anything out of the way to find what you're looking for if you really want what you're looking for. You know why people don't have a lot? And I, this, I hope you can understand this goes beyond just a prayer life. It, this principle goes in every avenue of your life and every avenue of my life. That, that there's some people that they, they, they want so many things, but they don't really want it. I've said this before. I told Brother John, I said, man, I want to learn guitar, but I don't own a guitar. I don't take guitar lessons. I'm not I, I might say it in my mouth, but I'm not really willing to do the work to actually get it. And there's people that they want all sorts of things, but are you willing to seek after it? I mean, actually put some action to it. 
If I want to learn guitar, I need to get on there and find somebody that teaches guitar. I'm going to have to make the phone call. What's that look like? That looks like action. I'm not just asking. I'm putting action to it. And those that seek shall find. She, she said, I got ten coins, but I lost one. And she valued the one. Some would say, I got nine. I'm good enough. And that's what a lot of people have done with things that they've lost in their life and things they don't have in their life. They've learned to live without it, so therefore they're good enough as it is. But I want to tell you, if you will go seeking after that which you have lost or that which you don't have that will make your life more valuable, you will find it. If you are tired of the level of life that you have lived at, you can say, Lord, I want to go to another level and, go, and start seeking after it. And all of a sudden, God will direct you to go get a degree in something you maybe never thought about. And all of a sudden, you come up in life. I'm not saying that will happen for everybody. He might direct you to apply at a job that turns into a career and it changes your life forever. But you've got to start seeking specifically for things that will change your circumstance where you say to yourself, nine coins is not enough. Hallelujah. You know the danger uh, the danger of more than enough is good enough. Amen. Where you just get to the place where you say, I've got what I have is good enough. I don't want to have good enough. I want to have more than enough. I don't want to have just where I can survive, but I want to have where I can thrive. I don't want to just seek a life where I'm living on the bare minimums, but God help me to seek until I got all ten coins. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching to you. I don't want a nine-coin marriage. I don't want a nine-coin church. I don't want a nine-coin walk with God. I don't want a nine-coin job. I don't want a nine-coin house. I want a ten-coin life. I want it all, so I got to seek after it all. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. You got to seek it, and if you seek it, you'll find it. It is the shepherd with a hundred sheep, but he loses one. And he leaves the 99. He says, I'm leaving good enough behind. And I'm going for it all. Amen. I don't even want 99%. I want 100% of everything God has for me. Lift up your hands one more time. Let's pray all across this house. Come on, this is a holy habit. I'm asking until it's answered. I'm asking until I receive what I've been asking for. I'm going to seek until I find that which I have been seeking after. I'm going to keep on looking for that specific thing until I receive that specific thing. Come on, let's pray. Come on, this will forever change our lives. This will forever change our lives. Amen. To knock includes asking plus acting. Plus persevering. I got any door knockers in the house? I got some callous knuckles, folks. <laughs> I've knocked a lot of doors in my life. Amen. I've also knocked a lot of walls. Amen. Thinking it was a door. Got to know the difference between a door and a wall. Amen. Amen. This, is, this word knock means to rap at a door for entrance and thus implies an even greater and more repetitive intensity than asking or seeking. The English word knock comes from the German word, which means to press. Amen. you got to press. The Bible says everyone that comes to the king must press into the kingdom. That means you are being forceful about it. Amen. Hallelujah. I've been, I've been out door knocking before. Amen. Especially when I was younger. 
And I was very introverted back then, not so much anymore. Um, God can change a person. Amen. And I remember going to the door and standing there and thinking, man, I, I better, I hope they answer. And never rapping on the door. When really what, what I was saying when I was standing at the door is, I hope nobody sees that I'm standing at their door, their door post. I hope nobody just accidentally opens the door. But when you knock, you are being intentional. Now you're going to be nervous, but I hope they open. I'm pressing my hand against your door, repetitively hoping you will answer. To knock means to stand at a door and repeatedly rap on it with your knuckles. You knock and you wait, and when there's no answer, what do you do? Turn around and walk away. You knock again. You knock again. You knock again. Now let me help somebody why they have turned around and walked away and have not knocked again. You stop knocking because you think nobody's there. Amen. We keep on knocking when we know somebody's home and they just haven't answered yet. I know you're in there. I can hear your voice. Come out and open the door. And you start knocking. I know you're in there. Come on, when you really want somebody to answer the door, you knock and you say, I know you're in there. Open up. I heard you moving around. Come on, open up the door. You're being forceful. You are pressing. You are being repetitive. You are, I know you're on the other side, and I'm tired of being on this side. I know you're on the inside, and I'm on the outside, and I'm tired of being on the outside. I want to be on the inside. Can I preach to somebody, amen, that sometimes in life you got to get so frustrated with being on the outside. You knock until you, your knuckles are bloody, and you say, open up and let me in. There's some folks you need to get forceful, amen, in life. Uh, you need to get forceful with your walk with God that says, Lord, I am not stopping until you open up the door and you open the door that no man can shut and let me in because I'm tired of being in the hallway. I'm tired of being outside. I, I know my promise is in there. I know what I've been looking for is in there. I've asked for it, and then I started seeking for it, and I finally narrowed it down to the very door in which I can find it, and I'm knocking on that door. I'm not knocking every door. I'm knocking on this door. I'm not hitting every apartment. I'm hitting this door. Until you open. Until you open. I know you're in there. I know you got my answer. I know what you got that I've been seeking for. I know you got a door that can open that will change my life forever. And I'm tired of being outside. And I'm willing to ask. I'm willing to seek. And I'm willing to knock until you open it up. Let's pray all across this house. And let's lift up our hands. Let's stand across this house. Hallelujah. Come on. Don't let, don't, don't lose your persistence. Amen. Just because it's been a little while. Don't lose your persistence just because you sought and haven't found it yet. Don't lose your persistence just because you knocked and you got, you got bruises on your knuckles. You got to keep on knocking because you know the answer's in there. Come on, you got to press. We got to press. We got to press in God. We got to press in life. We got to press in prayer. We got to knock. We got to seek. We got to ask until we keep on asking. We keep on seeking. We keep on knocking until. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Come on. 
for everyone. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. For everyone that seeketh, shall find. For everyone that knocketh, it shall be open unto them. I don't know about you, but I've been frustrated in my life. I've been frustrated in my walk with God. I've been frustrated in certain spots and positions I've been in. And I got one of two choices. I could just be frustrated and get bitter about it, or I could let that frustration push me forward. I have been on the outside in life more times than I can count. I've been on the outside looking in, wishing I could be inside. And I've got so sick of being outside. Listen, you got to get tired of where you are. When you're seeking, you got to get tired of nine coins. You got to get tired of 99 sheep. You got to get tired of all the small pearls you found in life. Amen. I don't know about you, but you got to get tired of being outside where it's cold. Man, I'm glad to be in church tonight. It's warm. I'd hate to be listening to the preaching out there. Do you know that's how some people live for God? That's how some people live their lives? They just, they've accepted the cold of outside. And God is saying, if you will ask everyone that asks, you ought to say everyone. Everyone. That means you. Well, no, it, it works for them. Everyone. How do we ask? We ask according to everything we've learned in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Every area, every attitude. I'm not coming at this. Uh, uh, I'm not coming at this for self-glory. No, I got a need, and you're the only one that can supply it, God. So I'm asking you. I've got questions. We are. We got three levels here. Ask, seek, knock. If we don't receive it by asking, that means God's saying, "Everyone that seeks shall find." If we don't receive it by seeking, everyone that knocks shall be open. And one of these is going to work. It's a promise from God. If we don't receive by asking, then let us seek. If we don't receive by seeking, then let us knock. Amen. But nowhere in that verse does it say to stop. Asking suggests dependence. Seeking suggests yearning. Knocking suggests persistence. Let me help somebody here today. Answers follow questions. If you're in a place right now, you got questions, good. Because that means an answer's coming. If you're in a place in life, you got questions, it's time to open up your mouth and start talking to the one that's got answers. Solutions follow problem solving. If you are in need of a solution, you got nothing but problems surrounding you, you need to start looking for a solution and stop looking only for problems. This is a big deal. Listen to me, church. This is a big deal. I can't tell you how many people, they get so tied up because they can only see the problem. They only see what's wrong. But Jesus is saying, he that seeks what, you're not, you're not seeking for every place that it's not. You're trying to find the place that it is. And if you will get this principle, I promise it will change your entire life. Amen. That I'm going to stop looking for problems and I'm going to start seeking for solutions. Now, part of seeking includes problem finding because along the way to finding what you're looking for you're going to find a lot of places that it's not but you don't let where it's not hinder you from finding where it is 
You applied for that job. They said no. That, that, that doesn't mean that you should give up altogether. You just find the job that should be for you. You keep seeking. Amen. Opportunities follow preparation. You're in a place right now where the doors are shut around you. Don't suck your thumb. Don't cross your arms. Get to knocking. What does knocking look like in the practical? Go learn something new. Go learn whatever it will take to get that door to open for you. You want to be a doctor? You can't just go be a doctor by knocking on the, on the, on the, on the hospital door. You start by knocking on the right door, the college, med school, residency. I know this is practical tonight. I'm tired of being on the outside. This is an action-based formula. It goes well with God, and it is a universal truth, which means you can plug it in anywhere in your life, and you will find it to be true. If you need answers, start asking questions. Better yet, start asking better questions. Amen, because you'll start finding answers that, if you start just asking questions, you'll find answers you weren't looking for. But if you start narrowing your search and asking for questions that you actually want answered, that you need answers to, God, why am I not moving forward in life? I know there's some people that you are thinking that, but you have yet to ask that. If you will ask, God, why am I not moving forward in life? I guarantee everyone that asketh shall receive. God will start giving you answers. It may not be the answer you like, but it will get you one step further to getting forward in life. If, if, you got, if you got questions, you need to start asking them, refining them, until you get the answers that you need. you got to ask. If you need a solution, you might need to refine your search. Lord, I'm looking for a solution, and this is what I'm looking for. If you need an opportunity to open up, you may have to initiate it by doing the knocking. So often, we're waiting for the opportunity to come to us. I've come to help you today. Opportunities don't come to you. If they do, it's very rare. It is very rare that an opportunity comes to you. But I promise you this. Every opportunity that you go looking for will present itself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, I hope I go, I'm really trying to get this through. Every opportunity you go looking for will open itself up. Uh, amen. What does that look like in the real world? I'm going to use something we can all reckon. You, you need a career. You need a job. Uh, you start putting out applications. Uh, all of a sudden, opportunities that you didn't have before start presenting themselves. Uh, you need an upgrade in life. Uh, you start going to the college and getting a degree. I'm just using very practical things. You fill in the blank wherever you're at. What are you doing? I'm knocking. I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Let's lift up our hands and let's pray. I got more I could say, but I'm done right here. It's a holy habit to learn how to ask. It's a holy habit to learn how to ask God. It's a holy habit to learn how to ask others for precisely what you need answers to. Seek precisely what you're looking for and a knock on the right door. It's, it's a habit that if you will let God lead you, he'll open up doors that no man can shut. He'll help you find things no one else can help you find. And he'll answer questions nobody has the answers to. But you got to get in the habit of asking. I want to open up this altar. Would you come down to the front and let's pray? Come on, there's some folks right now. You don't like where you are. 
You can get out of where you are, but it starts with the asking principle. You gotta ask, you gotta seek, and you gotta knock. And it's not just ask anybody, ask anywhere, seek anybody, anything, seek anywhere. It's not knock anywhere. It's it's you gotta go to Jesus, and you gotta ask Jesus, and you gotta seek Jesus, and you gotta knock on the door of Jesus, and God will direct you to the next place you need to ask, and the next place you need to seek, and the next place you need to knock. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, I pray that we would be spiritually led, spiritually led, spiritually led to ask. Come on right now, somebody pray until it breaks. Somebody pray until the door starts swinging open. Pray until the answers start coming, until God starts giving you revelation. Start seeking, amen, right now until God starts revealing right where it is, right where you lost it, right where you left it, right where you can find it. Come on, that's it. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. Everyone that seeketh shall find. Everyone that knocks it shall be opened unto them. Keep on asking and you will be given that which you ask for. Keep on looking and you will find that which you are looking for. Keep on knocking and the door you're knocking on will be opened. Come on. God, help me to find the right door to knock on. God, help me to find the right, the right job to knock on. God, help me to find the right relationship to knock on. God, help me to find the, the right thing in, the, in my walk with God to knock on. Help me to find the right door, Jesus. Come on, let's pray. You got to get desperate. I need answers, and I'm desperate for the answer. So I'm going to start asking. I'm tired of not having, so I'm going to start seeking. I'm tired of being outside, so I'm knocking on the door. Make me a house of prayer. 
Oh, that's it. Let's pray all across this house. The Holy Ghost is moving. Lord, teach me to ask. Teach me to seek. Teach me to knock. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and pray right now. Come on, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And it shall. And it shall. And it shall.
Come on, that's it. Keep asking. He's listening to everything you ask. He's ready to respond to everything you ask. In the name of Jesus, keep seeking. Keep seeking because he's there with what you need. He's there with what you're looking to find. Come on, keep on knocking because you know he's in there. You know he's listening. You know he's right there at the edge of the door. Come on, keep on knocking. Come on, that's it. Jesus, I know you're in there. I know you're listening. I know you're listening.